Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jukdish with you. It's time now for Mind Your Business, the Travel Thursday edition. Yep, always quite exciting and entertaining, the Travel Thursday edition. And uh, this one, I think, will make you rethink what a staycation means. We always think of doing the typical thing, right? We would check into the hotel and stay there for a couple of days. But here's a staycay with a twist. Yeah, uh, do it on a boat, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, you've got hotels opening up for staycations in Singapore. A lot of us might still be looking for that experience. And the one that gets you on your feet, the kind of physical one. So we've got this company called Discover Sailing Asia, and they're offering staycations at sea. Um, well, if you enjoy being under the sun. <laughs> and most of all, if you don't get seasick, I think that ought to be a prerequisite. Otherwise, how are you going to have a good time? Uh, but the question really is, has this sailcation package, uh, something that they have been offering all along, has it been something like that? Or was it really an attempt to pivot amid COVID-19? Uh, to tell us more about the sailcation experience, we are joined now by Chong Wei Yong, Director of Discover Sailing Asia. Hi, Wei Yong. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Wei Yong, first of all, I noticed that you've been around actually since 2014. So one would say, okay, it's pretty obvious that you've been around way, way before COVID. And you did become one of the leading companies conducting sailing programs in Hong Kong. Tell us, at that point, what made you want to start up a company like this and to provide vacationers with such an option? Uh, okay, so I mean, I was basically in Hong Kong um, working for a hospitality company, and when I left the company, I had a boat in Hong Kong, bringing people around Victoria Harbour and things like that, and uh, decided that yeah, I mean, there is a lack of uh, number of operators that actually teach people how to sail and bring people sailing. So uh, one thing led to the other. Uh, we increased the number of boats that we have and started to the region as well. We have in Okinawa, both in Taiwan as well as in Thailand, where we offer sailcations or I guess uh, sailing holidays for people to have multiple days uh, holidays around these islands. Is this the only aspect of your business model? Uh, yeah, I mean, when uh, COVID-19 happened, uh, most of these uh, destinations were close to uh, outsiders as well as the international travellers. So what we did was we kind of like brought all the boats over to Singapore and started doing day charters, similar to quite a number of uh, people here, uh, some of the other operators in Singapore. Then we found out that I think this uh, idea of staying overnight on a boat or a staycation was not really being driven on. I mean, the Singaporeans didn't know that in general. So we decided to create a product uh, to bring Singaporeans onto the boat for uh, an overnight So it's Lazarus Island, part of the southern islands, just south of Sentosa. Let's talk about... Uh the impact of COVID-19. One of the things you mentioned was that it seems Singaporeans were not really getting with the program as quickly as others in the region. Tell us why you think this is so. Uh, I guess like, you know, there haven't really been an operator that's uh, been operating um, at the scale that we are operating or the level we're operating right now. Uh, most of the companies that started in this particular domain were more focused on day charters. Uh, putting people on a multiple-day holiday on a boat um, wasn't really available in Singapore. I mean, to a certain extent, we're also limited by the number of islands that we have which we can visit. 
So I think with COVID-19, uh, what happened was a lot more boaters had time to explore uh, local waters, uh, islands that uh, in the past which they may not have visited. Then, of course, um, if you look beyond Singapore, like uh, you know, greater Singapore within the Rio Islands, um, within a 150-mile radius, we have Anambas, we have Tioman. Actually, there are quite a number of islands around us which we can explore. It's just that perhaps in the past, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't really go and, and, and look at these uh, options because there were, you know, there, there, are like, there are many other countries which we, we could sail to. So I guess one of the best things that happened during COVID-19 was that we had a chance to really look into what we have in our own backyard. And there are quite a number of gems out there. I mean, yeah, Lao Tioman, uh, sorry, um, Lao Ubin. Yeah, it's actually a very beautiful island. Uh, you know, there are beautiful anchorages there which you can uh, just basically drop the hook and stay there for a night, uh, have a nice uh, evening uh, on barbecue on the boat. Yeah, so, oh, it sounds so great. Weyong, I tell you, there are a lot of husbands right now listening attentively. They're pulling up the dial and they're asking the same question as I'm about to ask you. How much is this going to cost? The circulations that we organize um, is between $1,500 to $2,000 for the boat. It comes with a barbecue and uh, some food in, for dinner, uh, some breakfast as well. So um, most of the itineraries uh, we depart in the afternoon. Uh, for Cloud Ubin, because it's the, the marina is a little bit further away from the island, we depart earlier at 12. And for southern islands at less areas, we depart at 3 p.m., um, and then we sail over to the island, um, some water sports and activities, barbecue, then breakfast the next day before we head back to the marina. Is there a minimum a minimum amount of people that need to be on board can, or can it just be for two people type of thing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've done quite a number of two people romantic getaways <laughs> to the Ooh, southern islands. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course, I mean, right now, because of COVID-19, the restriction is uh, the, the current measures uh, limit the number of people on the boat to five. Uh, on a regular day, the boat can take up to 10 people. But of course, um, yeah, you know, now since we are in the midst of a uh, pandemic, an endemic, so we have, uh, yeah, we stick to the rules that the government has listed, which is a 5% for per boat. Mm. Let's talk about that for a moment, because I'm sure this entire pivot in the entire two years that we've been experiencing COVID-19 was quite something for you as well, quite an experience for you personally as a business operator. Tell us more about what you found most challenging about this period and the sorts of pivot you had to make, pivots you had to make as well. Mm, I guess, I mean, one of the biggest challenges we faced was, uh, I mean, relocation of the entire fleet to Singapore. I mean, before COVID-19, most of the boats were in Phuket. And uh, when we decided to move it to Singapore, it was actually quite a big challenge just to get the, the boat in. And then subsequently, uh, we needed to uh, educate, I guess, our consumers that there, there is a, you know, you can actually do a multiple day holiday on a boat and live uh, on the boat, travel with the boat and so forth. Because um, the product was never really being pushed in Singapore. Most of the operators just did our charters, uh, hourly charters and whatnot. So we had a lot of education to do. Um, and of course, um, yeah, you know, for a lot of people in Singapore, this is the first time that they've stayed over on a boat. Uh, we needed to be able to manage the expectations in terms of what they can do. And uh, finding destinations or islands in Singapore which we could go to was also quite an interesting challenge. I mean, we have many islands, uh, but there are quite a number of them which are off limits uh, to vessels and pleasure craft. So I think one of the things which uh, or perhaps there could be very little infrastructure on the island that can be interesting for consumers to be there. So we're trying to see whether we can find more content 
Uh, I mean, like in Hong Kong, every island that you go to, there are restaurants, there are uh, locals that are actually living on the island, and that adds a little bit more depth in terms of the itinerary and what the customer experiences. So in Singapore, I mean, we have Southern Islands, which are beautiful. Um, you know, it's just a stone throws away from uh, from Singapore. But uh, I think that the, we need to enhance the, the content that's actually on the island to make it more engaging. Um, most of the operators that we've, uh, we've known or got to know in Singapore uh, kind of just drop the customers in the water and then they do a little bit of kayaking, stand-up paddling and whatnot. So um, how can we enhance this experience uh, so that... It becomes like an island hopping. You know, every island there is an attraction. Every island there is a unique uh, proposition which we can uh, share with the guests on board. Uh, that makes it a lot more engaging, I guess. So, and of course, I think the biggest challenge that we faced was, of course, the the stabilization phase, where the numbers of uh, the number of people who can be on the boat kind of fluctuates quite a bit. So that that was actually the challenge because we had to manage a lot of cancellations. Uh, we have to reschedule a lot of customers who actually originally booked for eight. Then after that, the rules were tightened uh, to allow five. So that, those were some of the, I guess, operational and administrative challenges that we have to overcome. Just speaking about the, some of the challenges that you, you were going through, right? Um, how complicated is it if you guys were to work with Malaysia to increase content in that sense? Oh, we love it. Uh, I mean, prior to COVID-19, uh, we actually have a five-day, four-night itinerary to Pulau Tioman from Singapore. And, uh, we also did like week-long holidays to Anambas uh, in Indonesia. So Pulau Tioman is actually just uh, 120 nautical miles away from Singapore. Uh, you can leave uh, today and arrive the next morning before breakfast and uh, have breakfast in the crystal clear waters of the island. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then even, I mean, beyond Tioman, if you just look at the real islands, even there are some... Uh, private islands that are, that are available for us to visit. Um, I, I believe a yacht club in Singapore also used to run a, a, a race uh, annually uh, to uh, islands in uh, West Malaysia, uh, Basar, which is slightly nearer than Pulau Tioman, it's only about 60 nautical miles. So if you have a boat, uh, if it's a sailboat, it might take you a little bit longer, but if it's a powerboat, you can get there in like less than three hours. Oh. So I think that's, uh, that's, I mean, these are the opportunities that are available for recreational boating in Singapore. I mean, Singapore is an island. Uh, we have the, like, a significant number of marinas, uh, which are very well built, uh, very professionally run. And I think with the COVID-19, what we've also seen is that uh, many more Singaporeans are getting into this boating lifestyle. They're buying a boat. They're spending more time on water. So I think with a little bit more encouragement from the authorities to, to open up the islands in Singapore, um, sort of, I mean, when, and when this COVID-19 blows over, um, the ability to go beyond our shores uh, to visit islands in the region that would be very exciting, actually. I mean, most of the crew that joined us in the last two years, uh, we started with, like, uh, one person in Singapore, right? and right now we have a team of about 30. Most of the crew that joined us, uh, they were from commercial uh, both they, uh, commercial shipping, actually. They did uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, they drove launches uh, to deliver people, to bring people over to the container ships and whatnot. So they've joined uh, this particular, uh, I guess, they joined our business, and they're starting to realize the, you know, the, the, the difference and I think it's a lot more fun to bring people on a holiday than to bring cargo from point A to point B I guess <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean 
yeah, so I think this is this is some of the opportunities that we see in Singapore. Um, it's uncharted. Uh, nobody nobody has done this before uh, uh, for for recreational or pleasure craft. Uh, we hope to be continue to grow upon uh, build upon what we have done in the last few years, and uh, when the borders open, start to sail further and bring people uh, you know, bring people onto the water to enjoy uh, boating as a lifestyle. How do, how do you plan to stay top of mind beyond the pandemic? You know, because the population is still very much accustomed to the regular hotel staycation, right? And mm-hmm. as those hotel staycations become easier to have, how do you plan to continue staying top of mind? I guess, I mean, hotel staycations will always be there. People like to be pampered and have, you know, uh, this wonderful service that the hotels can provide. For us, location is more about the adventure. It's more about visiting a place that you have never been to before. It's about the destination. It's about the engagement with the people on the island, uh, the activities that you can have on the island. I don't think any other hotel in Singapore, any hotel in Singapore for that matter, will give you a 360-degree sea view. You will not be able to wake up, climb up the companionway and jump into the water for an early 7 o'clock morning swim. The idea of you know, sailing from one island to another island, it, it, it's uh, the uncertainty of what you're going to expect. I mean, with a hotel, most of the facilities are pretty standard. Um, you know, there are certain comforts which you do have on a, in a hotel. Uh, on a sailboat, it's, it, it's, I mean, the ones that we are using are comfortable, but um, they are relatively basic compared to what you get at, let's say, for example, a six-star hotel. So we are more about the adventure. We are more about the ability to bring you to a very unique destination. So, I mean, the big cruise ships, we offer some, I mean, location is sort of like a cruise, right? The only difference being that, um, you know, it's done on a much smaller vessel uh, with maybe three to four cabins instead of a 1,200 cabin Royal Caribbean ship. We, however, the biggest advantage of being able to sail out on a small vessel is that you can visit destinations in which these big ships cannot go to. So take Okinawa, for example, when we operate in Okinawa, uh, we can bring our customers over to the really small islands, the Mami Islands, uh, the Karama Islands, where the big cruise ships cannot dock. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest advantage. You go, you go much deeper. Uh, similarly for Hong Kong, when we did operate there, we were able to bring uh, customers to uh, places like Tai O, where you know they can see the local houses that were built on stilts. Um, the fishermen coming in and out of the harbor instead of just uh, you know being docked by Victoria Harbor in a big cruise ship. So I think the depth of experience, uh, the adventure of being able to go to an island, which maybe. A lot of their friends or whoever have not been to uh, gives us that huge advantage over these big cruise ships. Wei Young, I got a final question for you, and this is a listener question. It's coming from my husband's WhatsApp group, right? Uh, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to help you keep this clean. Huh? Uh, right. So the question from one of the husbands here is: If it's a romantic getaway, where does the boat driver go at night? Is it A, he jump off the boat, B, he got his own sampan, or be, or C, below deck is basically soundproof? Ah, <laughs> that's a very good question. All husbands um, are thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of privacy on the vessel. I mean, the, 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 the below, below the deck, it's not really soundproof. The crew that we we have put together, uh, they are very professional and they know how to be very discreet. Uh, I mean, most that of the good. time, 
they will disappear into the darkness or one corner of the bowl and you will not even see them there. You're uh, a brilliant man. Thank you for answering. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very important thing. I mean, it's, I mean, being on a boat is very romantic. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, even with, yeah, with your friends and everything, the sunsets, the, you know, being able to sleep under the stars on the deck, floating around, enjoying the breeze. I think these are things which you don't really get uh, being in a city. Um, I think that's the experience that we want to bring to. I mean, we brought customers over to Lazarus Island. And they wake up at, you know, you wake up at sunrise because, you know, you're lying on the deck, right? The sun comes up, you wake up, and you walk over to the beach next door, and then you can see this brilliant sun coming up from the, you know, from the horizon. I think that's an experience which uh, seldom we, I mean, we seldom get in Singapore, and that's the experience we want to share with people. I mean, the sun rises and sets every day, mm-hmm. but, you know, we just don't really have the time to stop and look at it. Uh, so this location or this this ability to be with nature or in nature, I think it's a, it's a very unique thing uh, which we hope to offer to Singaporeans. Mm, it, I'm sure that a lot of people would appreciate it. Thank you so much, Wei Yong. Chong Wei Yong, Director of Discover Sailing Asia. You take care and say, stay safe, yeah, Wei Yong? All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.